This time of year, you'll see more rumors flying than you will see planes at airports. This is Tony Wiggins with the Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked On Jaguars. Lots of rumors are starting to fly about the draft and the prospects and what teams are wanting to do what. Two of the biggest rumors out there involve quarterback Tua Tua Agavaloa and that his stock is dropping tremendously and people are concerned about his injuries. But former executive Mike Lombardi really went in on him and said that Tua has had more injuries than he's let on. It'll be interesting to see if that affects his stock at all uh, coming up in this draft and how far he falls. The other one is that Detroit wants to be a player at three and move down. I believe they think that they can move around a little bit and still get the guy who excites them the most. And I think that person is Jeffrey Okuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State. So we'll see uh, if these rumors are as true as they seem. A lot of times there are a bunch of smoke screens flying around, and we always know that. We, we, you know, some people learn from it every single year. You know, I always subscribe to this. Go back to what you initially thought at the end of the year of prospects, before all of the poking and prodding and senior bowls and all of this. You have to factor in now if someone really stunk at a workout or really, really did not do well at a combine, or if someone really, really did good at the combine but it doesn't seem to back up the tape or the evaluation you already have i often say what you should do is pay attention to your first mind whatever you thought about those players or prospects after watching them for two or three years in college and looking at game tape and not just highlight tape that's usually probably what it is uh orlando brown is a real good example of this orlando brown was expected to be a first round pick out of oklahoma a big left or right tackle Six foot eight, three hundred and thirty pounds, and then all of a sudden he goes to the combine and he doesn't work out well. And people say, "Well, he can't if he can't compete. If he can't lift more than ten or eleven times at two twenty-five at that big, and he's slow and lethargic, and his feet look bad, what's going to happen when he gets into the NFL? You know what happened when he got to the NFL? The same thing that he did in college on tape. He's been dominant and he's been a very good player at this point in his career for the Baltimore Ravens. So." Sometimes guys just don't know how to work out. They don't know how to pass the combine test. I had a guy tell me that trains athletes. He tries to train athletes for what they will do when they get to the NFL, not what they'll do just to pass that test. And then once they pass the test, even though passing the test can get you money, they have to go back and reboot now and start training their bodies for what their actual job is going to be in the National Football League. Uh, there's a couple of different ways to look at that. There's, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You can look at it like this. Yeah, the scouts and the personnel people should understand now that the combine isn't the be-all and end-all for these prospects. Uh, Every single year, you see quarterbacks not throw. You see guys that are expected to be in the top five not work out at the combine. And then you hear uh, so-called experts that don't actually have a job or have been fired from a job say, this is bad. This is a bad look for him. And I'm thinking like, no, it's not a bad look for him. It's not a bad look for Chase Young because he's still going to be a top three pick. And history says that guys that don't work out, it doesn't hurt him. So the only thing it hurts is it might hurt your opinion of him, but it's not going to hurt that player's bottom line. So year after year, we can learn lessons uh, that whatever it is that we think is going to happen, usually never does happen and and how about this how about paying attention to the trends that actually happen lots of guys don't throw lots of guys don't work out at the combine and they still get drafted right where they were supposed to so if you're a top three top four pick why would you i wouldn't 
The only thing that's going to happen is somebody's just going to sit back and say it's not a good look. You know what's going to be a good look? Every other Tuesday when you get your paycheck and it's bigger than the other guy because you didn't go out there and twist an ankle or hurt yourself. So I just think the the lies and all of that can be really, really deciphered if you just look back and, and look throughout history and see what's going on. This Tua thing is very interesting for me, though. I want to really, really look at whether or not uh, those injuries will hurt him or if somebody that you don't expect, if he starts to slide, will somebody you don't expect like Oakland come up and jump up and say, hey, no, no, we want some of that, and go ahead and take that kid because he absolutely can play when he's healthy. The problem is, is will he always be healthy? And uh, A lot of questions to be answered about the NFL draft, and uh, a lot of them are coming up real soon. So pay attention and start. It's Lions season, folks, so start paying attention and look back at history to see whether people are being honest. All right, so what I've decided what I want to do here today is there's a couple of things I want to do. I, I want to have some fun. Um, two things I like doing is watching football and I like going to the movies. I'm going to combine those two things for you since we're both, uh, none of us are able to do those things. I'm going to combine them, tell a story right now about something that might change the way people start looking at movies and if, will it change the way we uh, watch football and sports? And I'll do that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. So, yeah, I saw this uh, post yesterday on social media that one of the leading uh, movie theater companies in America, AMC, uh, that it looks like they might be shutting down all of their theaters uh, for good. Um, you know, the, the article made it appear that it was due to the coronavirus and the epidemic and the way business has slowed down. I, I believe that the, the movie industry, going, people going to the movies has changed anyway. And while the coronavirus might have been the, the last foot in the back and kicking you out of the door, I, I am a firm believer in the fact that um, one, of the, one of the reasons uh, that they're slowing down is because there's just so many other things to do with your entertainment dollar. And it was, this was pre-corona. This was for, before the coronavirus. I'm a believer that, you know, it, it appears to me that over the years people stopped going to the movies. Heck, I stopped going to the movies as much as I used to. Uh, but with this, this is really a game changer for me because when you look at it, they always talk about box office, box office, box office. And uh, when you have the Academy Awards shows and, and people winning Oscars, and how are they going to determine that now in, in the future? And I'm not saying that the box office itself is always what determined what won those awards, but I will say that it's one of the things that made movies very popular, looking at the gross numbers and how much money those movies created. Now you have a lot of stars, and what they're doing is they're making movies that are tailor-made for uh, subscription television, Netflix and all of those other places. So I'm wondering, can we tie this in a little bit to the fact that in the NFL, the numbers are down? And I know for a long time everyone wanted to, and this was a soapbox issue if you ask me, People wanted to blame the fact that the kneeling and the whole anthem protest was the reason numbers were down. But then they couldn't they could not explain to you the very following year when college football numbers went down uh, in a double digit percentile. And the logical explanation is the bigger these TVs get at home, the more high definition these TVs get at home, the more you see people advertising grills and the more you see people advertising advertising watch parties. That's what happened to the games. Sometimes it's just cheaper. It's it's more fun. It's safer. 
for people to stay at home. And that's when it becomes an issue where you, you know, these games have to be compelling enough to people to, to want to tell you that, hey, I was there. It's kind of like boxing. And I'll use that as an example. Folks are saying boxing is dead. To the mainstream person that watched boxing growing up, boxing might be dead. Economically, boxing is not dead. Sports books uh, in 2000, I believe it was 2018, when they gave their numbers, the sports books had more money by far bet on boxing than any other sport in Vegas. So when something is making money, how, how is it dying? That's, that's the thing that I always ask. So what started happening is I noticed the pay-per-view fights. What started happening with these pay-per-view fights was people weren't going because the tickets were too high. And then you'd have one person order it at their home, and then you'd have 40 people jammed into you know somebody's house watching a 70-inch screen. Okay? So the money in boxing may not have been spread around amongst everybody. It was one or two or three people or one or two and three uh, uh, networks or one, two or three uh, promoters making the money. But the money was still being generated. It just wasn't being generated, you know, widely enough for everybody to be affected. And then boxing is one of those things where you don't have household names the way you do in football. First of all, in football, you see them constantly. You see them on a weekly basis during the season. Boxing, you might see a guy once or twice a year. It's a different animal. But football has started to lose a little bit of its audience, just like the movie theaters did. Instead of looking around and trying to find something superficial to blame that on, one of the things that you can absolutely blame it on is the ability of people to enjoy it from the confines of their home. Football, movies, all of that stuff. So I asked the question to some of my, my, my listeners and some of my social media uh, friends, uh, what's the best movie you've ever seen in a theater? And the one thing I wanted to find out from everyone is, was it sports related? Is the best movie you've ever seen in a theater, was it sports related? Because that's like, a, if, if you see a good, every good sports movie I've ever seen, I'm not going to lie to you, man, I saw it on, on DVD or something like that. So I love sports and I love movies. I don't want the movie theaters to close. I think it's a, it's a good situation, nor do I want uh, to never go to sporting events again. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't bought many tickets to sporting events because I get most of them for free. I'm comped. Usually I'm working and it's a difference. You're not there as a fan. You're there as an observer. You're there collecting data. You're there to build shows and you're there to build content and report the news as it comes. With movies, you're just there to enjoy yourself. So most of the answers I got were not sports related. So that's why I'm not going to start mentioning. I don't want this turning to Siskel and Ebert here. But I found it interesting, though, that these theaters are going to close down. And I also find it interesting that, you know, they want to blame it on coronavirus when really the numbers were down anyway uh, at the movie theater. And the numbers are down at sporting events. Sporting events don't have the live viewership that they once had. And I ask yourself, I ask, could this be a, could this be one of the ways that uh, everyone gets creative and tries to bring sports back uh, because they understand? Could they encourage watch parties? Could they encourage some sort of live gatherings among small groups where they show what they're watching and the sports comes back? Maybe they could use this as a way to reintroduce or re-ingratiate sports into society once the coronavirus starts to get, once we get more of a handle on it. Uh, I don't know. 
But I saw that and it bothered me and I, I attached it to sports. And I'm like, well, the movie industry, you know, it's the same thing with sports, man. People, people have started watching sports from their house. And I think the movie industry, that's what happened with the movie industry because it was so accessible, accessible with the Internet. If you don't go see it at the theaters, you can see it in six or seven weeks because you can buy it from a streaming service and watch it on your computer. You know, that's a parallel. That, that's a really interesting parallel. And you have to pay attention to the trends that things that people can do and the more comfortable people can be. That's what they're going to do. And I think it's going to end up making some of the prices come down. And, and, and really, you have to wonder, did the technology or did uh did the movie industry, just like the NFL, have they done some of these things to themselves by having so many ways to create revenue that they spread it too thin and there's not enough people to do everything, so people choose the most comfortable thing? I don't know. It's something to think about, man. I know football ain't going to go away. I'm going to talk about some coaches, some people, individuals, uh, uh, certain individuals that have really, really drawn the ire of, of certain folks. It really have had a blind spot, I believe, about this whole COVID-19 deal and how important it is to, to get back to sports. And then I'll point out a hypocrisy about that, too. And I'll do that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You know, every single day I see articles and I read uh, stuff about coaches. Uh, and the coaches are always talking in a sense of what should we do now? That's going to help us when most of this is over. It'll allow us to retransition back. What should we be doing now? Uh, how can we do virtual? Can we do this? And all of the coaches are doing this with a hint of optimism that, of course, this thing will end. And at some point, it'll get back to normal. Now, I know some people are, are, are selfishly probably a little bit more enthusiastic about that date happening sooner uh, then later in college, Mike, Mike, Mike Gundy uh, got in trouble a little bit with the media. And so did Dabo Swinney when they were taking a this two shall pass approach to this whole thing and being optimistic. And I think sometimes the messaging gets messed up. You haven't seen so much of this from the National Football League, but the messaging messaging gets a little bit messed up that when someone's being optimistic and they're doing things that and even I, I, even in my own business, I'm doing it. You're doing things that are allowing you to look forward to uh, the day that things get back to normal so that when it gets back to normal, you can kind of jump into it and have an idea of where you are. Um, I'm not smart enough to know when that day is or if it's sooner than we expect or is it going to be longer. I'm prepared to just post up and, and, and let that happen for itself. But these college coaches that are answering these questions, man, are getting killed and ridiculed by some people. And I'm just wondering if those are the same people that kill and ridicule players who, like Yannick Ngakwe, who say stuff like, I want to, you know, I'm not allowed to feed my family right now. And people are attaching that to the pandemic, saying it's bad timing. Well, I get what you're saying, but if it's business as usual, that's a business as usual statement. So I, I think some people who wouldn't like that, even if we weren't in a pandemic, are people that don't like it now and will use the pandemic to further push that argument. But really, if it's business as usual, if other guys are signing contracts, then his verbiage and his language that he's going to use is going to be the same as, as, as it would be if there weren't a pandemic coming from the guy who's trying to get out of here, who's trying to get, have business as usual. So if it's something that he would have said before this that doesn't have anything to do with people getting sick or exposing themselves or it doesn't have anything to do with 
uh, the the healthcare workers that are busting their butt every day, as long as it doesn't in any way impugn the integrity or the efforts of that, or uh, I don't I don't care because I know exactly what it is. It's just business as usual. I sit and watch TV every day, man. You watch the news. You watch guys talk about how how their approval rating is and how they're doing a great job. They do the same thing on TV, and people don't get mad about it. Folks get mad at football players and athletes way more than they get mad at anyone else, and I think it's just because of professional and financial envy. And I'm going to go to my grave because I'm going to go to my grave thinking that until people start changing because I think that's exactly what it is. You look and you want to look and nitpick and find anything you can because you be die, you die to play football and you die to play basketball on TV and be famous. It's almost like you think you do it for free. And this guy's got a nerve to be complaining about it from a business perspective. Yeah, they do complain about it from a business perspective. I just wish people would start taking these same arguments and putting it on the other side and realizing the same folks you get angry at when they raise your ticket prices are the same folks that these guys are mad at for holding back, uh, you know, what they believe they're worth. For the life of me, I can't understand why people don't draw that parallel. But maybe the same people that are criticizing Ngakwe are the same people that are criticizing these coaches for being optimistic about when this ends. I think deep down inside, we have a lot of uncertainty, but a lot of us are looking forward to when this ends, and all of us are planning for when this ends. So sometimes I think, man, you just need to ease up as long as. And I think in the case of Dabo, Dabo kind of went a little bit. Uh, the way he was speaking about it and the way Gundy was speaking about it, I think it made uh, some people upset because it was almost uh, like they had a blind spot or they were really, really dismissive as to how serious this stuff is. No about you, man, but I really, really do want sports to come back. I want my, my regular movement and my job and, and all of that stuff to get back to normal. I don't like teaching online. I'd rather teach in person. Uh, but it seems like one thing that we might be able to draw out of all of this stuff is more positivity moving forward and understanding that everyone has a job to do. Everyone is important. And maybe we can all get to the point where we appreciate the efforts of everyone, uh, including the people that we blow the horns at in the, in the, in the, in the parking lots of the games that don't allow us to pat, uh, to, to park fast enough and blowing that whistle in our face and not letting us across the street, man, everybody has a job to do. Everybody has a job to do. And as tough as this is, it's really not that hard to understand that at some point, uh, I, I believe we'll all get back to life as the way it was and be better for it. Hey, man, it's Locked on Jaguars on a Thursday. Thank you for tuning in. I've got a little theater Thursday in there talking about movies and, 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 and drawing a parallel between what uh, the, the, some of the similarities between movie theaters and stadiums. Uh, football will never go anywhere, though. I don't think football will ever, ever go anywhere. But i take anything right now. I'd probably go watch a lacrosse game uh, right now if it was safe, man, just to see competition, just to see competition. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. And tell three or four of your friends to subscribe on iTunes here on Locked on Jaguars. And network-wide, you know, we have a lot of good programming, uh, NFL shows uh, uh nfl locked on nfl we have locked on draft we have locked on draft guys we have locked on fantasy football uh a wide network of great programming here uh on on the locked on uh network so you need to check all of that stuff out until another day man it's tony wiggins signing off